So we welcome on right now, uh, it is Tom Glavin, a Hall of Famer, former Met, of course, a uh, longtime Brave. You catch him on the Braves telecast these days. And uh, Tom, thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing uh, really well, thanks. How you doing? Yeah, everything's great over here. Um, you know, I, I want to get into the Braves because they're getting off to a nice start, and, and Ozzie Albies has been very impressive. I want to ask you your opinion on him. But uh, we'll start with Matt Harvey and last night saying, I'm a starting pitcher, I'm a starting pitcher. You know, uh, if you're going through a, a rough patch for Harvey, it's been a while now. Uh, what do you make of a you know guy being that adamant that this is my role and, and I'm going to stick to it? Uh, listen, you know, on the on the professional side, the competitive side, I don't blame them. I mean, you want you you want to fight and scratch and claw uh, and do everything you can to hold on to the job that you're accustomed to having. And and I think on the one hand, you know, that should be a welcome sign for Mets fans. You you want your guys to want the ball. You want your guys to want to be out there. You want them to do. Uh, to want to do the job they're accustomed to doing. Now, having said that, on the other hand, you know, you also want if the Mets decide, you know, when Jason Vargas comes back or whoever, uh, that, hey, Matt, um, we think we might be best suited to have you go to the bullpen for a little while. Then you hope as a good teammate he accepts that role too. So it, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, obviously. But, um, you know, you I don't think you should be, anybody should be surprised that, uh, he wants to hold on to that starting role, um, but at the same time, you know, sometimes maybe uh, a little bit of a change can do you good, and maybe, you know, if, if Jason Vargas comes back and he's healthy and the Mets decide, hey, Matt, we want you to go to the bullpen for a little while, maybe that's the avenue that he uses to figure things out a little bit and get things back on track. Can you figure things out in the pen? I think you can. I mean, look. You know, it's funny because, I, you know, I watched the game last night a little bit and, you know, I, and I say this with, you know, all all degree of, um, you know, humility, I guess, for lack of a better word. But, you know, I watch, I watch him pitch and I see 93, I see 94, and I think, how can he not be successful with that? My God, I would have loved to have thrown 93, 94 miles an hour. Um, but that's, you know, that's not what he's accustomed to. I mean, for him... You know, for him to be throwing 92, 93, 94, you know, that would have been like me maybe throwing 80, 81, 82. I mean, he's he's clearly lost some velocity. Does that mean he can't be effective where he is? No, it doesn't. But having said that, I think it's, you know, like the discussion I had with the guys yesterday afternoon on the fan as well, It's he's now at a point where he can't just rely on velocity. And for guys who go through that transition, you know, I never necessarily, I never transition where I went from a velocity guy to a location guy. Um, those guys who go through that transition from from velocity to location, it's hard. You know, when you don't have in the back of your mind that hey, here comes ninety six, good luck, go ahead and try and hit it. it. It's a different game, and and your confidence takes a hit. And and it looked like last night, from what I saw, the couple innings I watched, a lot of the mistakes he made was on his off-speed stuff, particularly his changeup. Mm-hmm. And that's a confidence thing, you know? I mean, he hasn't had to rely on that pitch. And I'm not saying that, you know, some of the basics that I saw him give up um, on his changeup, not that his changeup was terrible, but it's not that kind of pitch for him just yet. And that's going to take time. So, yeah, you can you can find your way in the bullpen because, you know, hopefully if, if that happens, your team finds situations where they put you in where maybe the game's not on the line, 
And you can go out there and you can work on that pitch or those off-speed pitches. And if you make a mistake or two, the game's not decided by it. Um, whereas right now he's thinking, man, every mistake I make, it, it, it potentially is the outcome of the game. And, and you know, that's a, that's a tough position to be in. Yeah, we're talking again with Hall of Famer Tom Glavin. Uh, are there some guys that you can think of who made that transition that you're talking about a little bit there of being you know, a right-handed pitcher, power guy, throwing 97-98? And then still able to find success later, throwing you know in the the low to mid nineties. Of course, there are. But now that you ask me, I mean, I can't think of guys off the top <laughs> of my head. But I mean, look, I think there are. You know, look, there there are. You could probably point to any number of Hall of Fame pitchers, and 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 come to the conclusion that at some point in time in their career, they had to reinvent themselves a little bit. You know, I mean, I think every pitcher has to reinvent themselves a little. I had to reinvent myself a little bit in, in, in the latter part of my career, not from a velocity standpoint, but from a maybe a game plan standpoint. You know, I mean, pitching inside more or, or you know, using that side of the plate more often or using my off-speed stuff a little bit more or whatever the case may be. I think every pitcher goes through a phase where they have to, if they play the game long enough, they have to reinvent themselves a little bit because, you know, with age, you lose either velocity or you lose movement, or maybe you lose location, whatever the case may be. So you have to try and make some adjustments to stay ahead of the curve a little bit if you want to stay in the game that long. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody, everybody for the most part, goes through it. And, and, you know, in that regard, I don't think Matt's any different. Um, I just think he needs to, like I said, I think he needs to get a little bit more confidence in his off-speed stuff and, and certainly – um, you know, a, a little bit more consistent with his off-speed stuff. Yeah, and, and I know you you didn't work the game last night, so if you if you know the Braves took a big lead and you turn it off, that's that's cool. But uh, you know, he claims that he he had a breakthrough in those final three innings, the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings. Did you happen to notice anything different in in those innings versus what you saw early? I, you know, I did not. Um, but you know, most mostly from the standpoint of. You know, when you're flipping back and forth, I don't necessarily know. I mean, I saw the first inning, and obviously he struggled yeah. in the first inning. But, yeah. you know, you, I don't necessarily know what he did innings two, three, four, and beyond. But I'll tell you this, as a, as a pitcher, yeah, sometimes when you're searching for something and you're trying to figure something out, you know, that, that's a part of, in a game like that, trying to stay in the game as long as you can because you don't know at what point in time you're going you're gonna to have that aha moment. There it is. You know, or wait a minute, okay, I was working on something, but okay, there it is. I felt good about what I was trying to do or what I've been working on those last two innings or those last three innings or those last three hitters, whatever the case may be. So, you know, when you're struggling a little bit, confidence is your confidence is shattered. You don't you don't necessarily feel great about what you're doing. So you're looking for anything that you can hang your hat on, so to speak. So if he says, Hey, you know that those last three innings I found something, and, and maybe I felt something, or maybe I figured something out a little bit. Okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Now, the next step is, so the next time you go out there, you need to go out there, and you need to employ, you need to employ that, and you need to, you need to take advantage of that and show that, okay, whatever you felt like you figured out, boom, there it is, and go with it. So at the end of the day, Tom, based on what you saw, you think the Mets should continue running them out there and, and see if he can figure it out? Well, listen, not not knowing what other options they have, um, you know, if, if look, I don't think the Mets with Matt Harvey are any different than any other club. If they have 
what they think is a better option, then then they're going they're going to do it, and they should. You know, I mean, every team's in the business of winning baseball games, and and if they don't, if they think somebody else going out there as a starting pitcher gives them a better opportunity to win a game than Matt Harvey, then they're going to do that. Now, having said that, you know, has Matt earned the earned the, the opportunity to get a little bit more of a of a pass, so to speak, and and to try to figure things out? Yeah, probably more so than maybe some young guy or some rookie that hasn't been up there, but. You know, it, it, again, like you say, if it gets to the point where sooner or later it's a decision between, say, him and, and Vargas, then look, that's going to be a tough decision. And, and I think a lot of that depends on how, how Matt's pitching. So in that sense, you know, the, no pun intended, obviously, the ball is in his hand. He's got to show that he's the better option. And, you know, right now, I'm not so sure he has the, he has the argument right there. He may in the coming days, but right now, you know, it's certainly uh, it's certainly open for discussion. Yeah, no, it very much is. Stephen Matt, Zach Wheeler have been pitching okay, and uh, they have Jason Vargas coming back soon. As we uh, chat right now with Tom Glavin, of course, uh, analyst uh, on television for the Atlanta Braves. And how about these Braves? Off to an impressive start. Uh, one guy in particular, boy, Ozzy Albies. What uh, what can you tell us about? Uh, we saw the hustle last night, the speed. He could do a lot of things. Has he been a real spark plug for this Braves team? He he is really good and he's really fun to watch. You know he's he's one of those guys that if you know for people who are baseball fans, not necessarily Brave fans, but if you're a baseball fan, when you get an opportunity to watch this guy play, watch him play because he he's a ton of fun. I mean he's 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 not real big, but he's got some pop. Uh, he he can run like the wind. He plays great defense. Uh, and he's just an exciting guy to watch. He makes things happen, whether it's with the bat or with his legs. And, and I think for the Braves, you know, when they that, that one-two punch at the top of the lineup, particularly now that Ender's starting to swing the bat a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, and getting more, rounding himself more into the, to the type of player he was last year offensively, with those two guys at the top of the lineup, man, that can cause a ton of problems and headaches for starting pitchers on opposing teams and for managers trying to stop and slow down the running game. Uh, but you know, Ozzy is a, is a he's like I said. If you haven't had a chance to watch him play, you know, watch some games and just focus on him. He, he's he's a lot of fun to watch play. Yeah, that's a dangerous combo with him and Enciarte, one of my favorite players to watch uh, as well. And then you know, Freddie Freeman hitting behind them. How about hit by the pitch in a very similar spot? He said it was half an inch from where he was hit last year. He ended up missing forty games, uh, you know, because of a wrist injury last season, and that had to be a hold your breath moment. I couldn't believe that he was able to play uh, as soon as last night. He was pretty effective at the plate as well at a couple of knocks. Yeah, no, that was a uh, a huge sigh of relief for Braves fans. You know, I did the game that night, and and you know when you see him get hit there, uh, you know, virtually the same spot that he got hit and missed all those games. You know, you, you I guess the big takeaway from Freddie's body language was, oh, God, that's not good. Mm-hmm. You know, because Freddie's, Freddie's the kind of guy that he wants to play 162 games. you got to drag him off the field. So to see him get hit and kind of slump his shoulders and just walk off the field, you know, I think all of us felt like, oh, God, he just got hit in the same spot. He felt the same thing he felt when he broke his wrist. This is not good. Thankfully, everything came back negative, and he's okay to play. But yeah, I mean, you know, based on his body language, there was there was every reason to believe that you know that was going to be the same injury he had, and he was going to miss a significant amount of time. But you know, thank God for him, and certainly for Braves fans as well, 
you know, he, he it's not it wasn't anything significant. And and you know, look, that's what you want. I mean, you know, you hate you hate seeing the star players in the game get hurt. You know, those those are the guys that everybody loves to watch. And, and certainly, you know, even for Mets fans, look, I know, you know, I know they want to come in there and beat up on the Braves and what have you, but. You know, you want to beat up on teams when they have their full complement of players mm-hmm. out there. So, uh, you know, Freddie Freeman is that again? He's another one of those guys that even if you're not a Braves fan, he's fun to watch hit because he's uh, he's got a pretty good idea what he's doing. No, it's been an impressive start offensively for the Braves. Kurt Suzuki has been hitting for uh, some pop as well for this team as they're off to an 11 and seven start. If there's an Achilles heel for this team, though, Tom, is it fair to say that the bullpen is a big question mark here? I think it's the I think it's the pitching staff in general. Okay. You know, and and I think from from the starting standpoint, it's just you you've got some young arms in there, right? And and you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Julio Tehran, uh, you know, is a very very serviceable guy. He goes out there and he gives you a great effort all the time. And sometimes he's spectacular. Sometimes he's okay. Uh, I think Matt McCarthy is a uh, is a huge addition for them in terms of a veteran guy in their rotation. You know, and then the rest of the guys are are fairly young, and you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, there's there's a ton of talent with those young guys, but it's kind of like you're you're holding your breath, waiting for them to make that next jump. Are they going to be the guys that you continue to talk about as being wow, potential, 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 or are they going to go out there and start being the guys that are going to win 15 plus games a year and be horses for your rotation? So that that's a little bit of a question mark. And then certainly the bullpen, yeah. And again, I think there's a lot of good arms in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. But man, the the early the early uh, action so far of the bullpen has, you know, their Achilles heel has been they're walking way too many guys. You know, and you can't you can't go out there and continue to walk guys late in the game and not expect to get burned. They got burned the other night by Philadelphia. Um, so I think that's the big thing for the bullpen. If those guys, you know, you got you got a handful of guys out there that that come in and are throwing ninety five, ninety six, like a lot of bullpens do. But if you're not throwing it over the plate, that ninety five, ninety six is not quite so effective anymore. And I think that's been the big thing for the back end of the bullpen is is getting in the strike zone more often. Yeah, they had that miserable game against the Cubs, and it was a terrible weather day at Wrigley a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I'm sure that one hurt. It was more like hockey weather there. And I know you're a hockey yeah, guy, Tom. Yeah. You got you got a Stanley Cup champion for us. Who are you liking? Uh well I'm I'm uh you know I'm rooting for my uh, Boston Bruins that's my uh, that's my point race so uh, they're still my team for the moment but yeah I mean man you know if you're a hockey fan at all I mean it, it's hard to not be impressed by what Las Vegas has done this year as an expansion team my God I mean that's been uh, that's been an unbelievable story and, and that's been fun to watch but you know my heart is with the Bruins but uh, you know look there's a, there's a few teams out there that I wouldn't bet against and certainly uh, you know. This time of year, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins seem to figure things out, and they look awful good right now, too. I was going to say, you don't sound very confident about your Bruins. You know? You're saying, just for now. <laughs> They're just young, for now. so you never, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> All right, uh, Tom Glavin, we appreciate the time, Tom, and, uh, and thanks so much for the analysis on Matt Harvey. It was really great. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right, uh, Tom Glavin, former Mets, of course, uh, Hall of Famer.